All right, ladies and gentlemen, here we go. Seminars next one up August 12th through the 14th, then October 14th through the 16th, then December 9th through the 11th. For training camps on the list, we have a self-sufficient lifter camp on September 10th. That's in Wichita Falls. We have a deadlift and power clean camp on August 20th in Indianapolis, Indiana. A couple squat and deadlift camps on the list, one July 30th. That's going to be in London. And then another one on August 21st, and that'll be in Bergen, Norway. And finally, we have a three-lift camp on the list covering the squat, the press, and the deadlift. That'll be August 27th in Greenville, South Carolina. Starting strength gyms continue to be added to the list, but we still need more coaches. So if you're interested in becoming a coach or want to look into a career change, head over to startingstrengthgyms.com, check out the coaching tab, fill out the form, get on the list to talk to Anna. She can walk you through all the available opportunities that we're going to have coming up. And as usual, for more information on anything that I've talked about, head over to startingstrength.com and check out the right-hand side of the homepage. From the Asgard Company Studios in beautiful Wichita Falls, Texas, from the finest mind in the modern fitness industry, the one true voice in the strength and conditioning profession, the most important podcast on the internet. Ladies and gentlemen, Starting Strength Radio. Welcome back to Starting Strength Radio. Today, we're going to stick our toe in the water again and do a call-in Q&A. We're going to let you people call us and ask us the questions. We're going to turn the show over to you, right? As Rush used to say, you know how dangerous this is? to let amateurs dictate the content of the show. Yeah. If but, you know, we've had good luck with them. We have. If they fuck this up, we're going to have to think of a topic for next week. Yeah. We'll have to do some work. Right. So help us out, guys. Yeah. Yeah. If you guys fuck this up, you know, we're not going to be able to use it, and we'll have to actually work for a living. Instead of just talk to you. I'd rather just talk to you if you'll behave yourself. All right. So, anyway. But first, before we talk to you guys. We're going to read this week's installment of <coughs> Comments from the Heaters. All right. That one was a little more breathy. That was breathy. I'm telling you. That was intense. I'm getting tired of these fucking idiots. (laughs) Like, look at this. Daniel Winston says, Can someone get this guy a crown because he's king of the boomers? (laughs) (sighs) Oh, God. And another one. Uh, This is the moment Rip became a toe. That is so low hanging fruit, funny. man. It's just it's low hanging fruit. Well, here's one about the, the trap bar. Trap bar returning dividends. Still, yep. Far in advance of far in excess of the investment. Staying well ahead of inflation. This guy has no idea what he's talking about. <laughs> That's all he said. Oh. That's all that needs okay. to be said, well, man. Argument why over. Look, why don't you just take that video down? No. no. Since I don't have any idea what I'm yeah. talking about. Just take the video down. That's what we'll do for you uh, 
who, who submitted it. Why, why? Said, uh, this guy has no idea what that must. Why, why must be this guy's chromosomes, right? Could be. Would explain things, wouldn't it? All right. Someone whose icon picture is two camels and whose whose name is He Covers Me says, What do you have against God? That explains the camels? Does does using his name in vain make you feel tougher? Read your Bible. My Bible. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, let's get right on that. Using his name feel tough. I don't really like. Did he capitalize his? That's the important question. He did. Okay. Good. <laughs> now got that it, I, now that you right. say, yeah, he got it right. His name, him, his name, in vain. He capitalized God. Are they his, positive that that's the proper pronouns for God? He, him. No one ever asked. No one God. ever asked him. Maybe God's pronouns are they. I'm sure there's some make progressive. Horse. Would make Methodist more sense. Congregations. Would it make would, more sense. Yeah, it would. You know, progressive Methodist congregations, Presbyterians. Yep. You know, the doctrineless modern churches, they would probably, they're probably using they for God. Yep. Yeah. Read my Bible. All right. All right. Telling people to commit suicide is a bit over the line, Rip. Just tell them that they're dumb and wrong. I think you should commit suicide. I knew it was coming. <laughs> what else could I say? Daniel wrote this, telling people to commit suicide. Daniel, kill yourself. You're not worth a fuck. Everybody hates you. Your parents hate you. All of your friends hate you. They're not really your friends. They just use you like a Kleenex. You may have noticed this. Kill yourself. Kill yourself, Daniel. Now, if Daniel kills himself, we'll see just exactly how powerful and influential yeah. I am. Won't we? Okay. I used to like Rip. <laughs> but all this political right-wing bullshit is not appealing. Appealing with one P. Auntie Hockenden, Finnish name. Right-wing bullshit. Right-wing bullshit. All right. guy named Jay Berezik. Berezik? Some Eastern European name, apparently. Yep. <clears throat> Too many You're, consonants. Yeah. Too many consonants. Consonants that should not be there your weight training program changed and saved my life thank you sincerely but your comments it's clear you, but by your comments it's clear you don't understand a damn thing about global fuel markets <laughs> that's fine people talk about crap they don't understand all the time some same reason why i don't run around telling people i'd get stronger i just tell them to buy your book what the fuck did i say about global <laughs> fuel markets what what podcast was he listening to? We may have been talking about diesel fuel prices or something. Right, it said, living in a world you can't afford, starting strength network previous. What oh, was yeah. that? that was what was that about? 
That was a clip where we were talking about the diesel prices and how everything's going up because of diesel prices. Well, yeah, but, and it is. And, yeah. I mean, the refinery capacity is way down. I just posted a thing last night on the board about refinery capacity. We're not building any new refineries, right. you know. Yeah. You know, $6 gasoline may be – not only are, you know, is petroleum – supply has been reduced by this administration's policies and imports restricted by the the prescient action of closing down the keystone xl pipeline right that was the smartest thing anybody could ever have yeah. done right i mean all kind of things like that at the at the administration level right have reduced supply we can't refine refineries are shutting down blowing up you know like food factories are blowing up for some reason cia but uh these are things i don't understand right all right let's see and you know other than that daniel kill yourself do it now. Make it painful. Do it now. Kill yourself. Please. Everybody you know wants you to kill yourself. Do it. Including Rip. You think he will? Watch him do it. Watch him do it. Oh, I'll show Rip a toe. I'll show him. <laughs> My blood will be on his hands. Yeah. Right. Okay. And that's comments from the heaters. Okay. We're due for a comments for the lovers. From the lovers. Yeah. Rip's getting a little. Uh, there's no such lovers. Nobody loves Next us. time, Bree. Lover comments only. Okay. All right. That'd be less entertaining, but <laughs> also very <laughs> short. <laughs> <laughs> it won't be a long segment. Well, <laughs> it'd be over with in a couple of seconds. Probably. Did you see what the FBI did? <laughs> Which time? Are they doing something? Because normally they, they don't. Are, they arrested a Republican candidate for governor in Michigan. Oh, I did see that. Yeah. For having been in Washington the day of the January oh, 6th. Oh, good God. Yeah, They're still that. on that, aren't they? Oh, yeah. Look, the FBI is. Will they ever prosecute him? Are they going to prosecute him? Remember the SA, don't you? Oh yeah, yeah. All of those charges are misdemeanors, by the way. Yeah. So they had to arrest him in public. You know. I wish before the primary election. I wish that they must be afraid of him. I wish that quote unquote riot was as violent as they say it was. Oh yeah, it was an insurrection. Because all those politicians would be dead and everything would be cool. Insurrection. 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 Which is an actual formal crime yep. with which no one has been charged. Right. And the only <clears throat> bullets that were fired were from security into a, an into a 32-year-old woman. Yeah, into an unarmed woman's neck. An unarmed woman's neck. And they, 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 they awarded I, that motherfucker that did that, too. Well, they always do. Yeah. 
Remember what they did at Ruby Ridge? And oh, Waco. Yeah. And Waco. Yeah. And Waco. They promoted all of yeah. them and mm-hmm. gave them medals and commendations and shit. Right. That Lon Horiuchi piece of dog shit that killed Vicki Weaver while she's standing there holding her baby. Oh, yeah. They promoted him, gave him a commendation medal yep. and shit. Yep. Heroes. Yeah. Heroes. Heroes of the Republic. Man, this isn't going in a good direction, is it? Things are not going in a good direction. Well, no money to be made talking about that. Let's talk to you. Let's do it. All right. All right. The phone number is 843-627-4246. Let me double check. Make sure I didn't say that wrong. Eight four three six two seven four two four six. There we go. Man, right. you guys are so good. All right, ready? We are talking about accuracy here. Accuracy, right? <laughs> All right. Yeah. Try to see if we're more successful this time. Hello, hello, hello. How are you doing, Rip? Hey, who's this? This is uh, Justin from Lubbock. Justin from Lubbock, Texas. Yep. Well, I guess you guys got some rain too, didn't you? Isn't that good? Actually, it's not, yeah, we did actually. We did the other day. I think yesterday. But I'm pretty much work from home, so I don't really venture out that much. <laughs> you get out in the yard or anything? Or what? <laughs> Do you have a window? <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Do you look uh, outside or anything? Uh, yeah, it's sunny right now. It's hot. Notice that the humidity's up. <laughs> that ought to tell you something. So, uh, yeah, I got to mow the yard tomorrow. You know how pink that'll make me. <laughs> so, what's going on, Justin? So, um, I just have a slight question. Uh, I have in my family we have uh, muscular dystrophy. Uh, two of my brothers have it. I don't. Are you uh, sure you don't? But basically. Yeah, I'm sure I don't, <laughs> because right. they're, um, essentially, my brother, I'm 32, my brother is about 30, mm-hmm. and he's already kind of limping. Right. Uh, it's kind of progressive, though. He, ever yes. since he was like 9, 10, he, he was, you know, and it's getting worse. Right. But I'm just curious if you have any experience with that, uh, in terms of if you had any 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 of your uh, clients or the people you trained who had yeah. that. Uh, yeah, I've, I've, I've had a little experience with it, and... Uh, the news is not good, okay? Muscular dystrophy is a problem at the cellular level in the muscle tissue, and uh, the degeneration, uh, the, the factors that produce the de- degeneration also prevent a training effect from taking place from resistance training. And there's just, it's it's a horrible disease, and I'm damn sorry about your kin folks but it's um it's not something that goes well you can't train around it you can't tra- see muscular uh, multiple sclerosis is not um necessarily a death sentence uh in that you can train and recover uh yeah the the thing we we do with with people with multiple scler- multiple sclerosis with MS is we we don't let them lift huge amounts of volume we don't let them 
do lots of sets and reps. We don't let them train too frequently, and we don't let them get hot during the workout. Uh, an elevated body temperature seems to be a triggering stress for MS flares. So what we what we do with uh, with with MS, and it, it we've worked with patients with MS fairly successfully, and they can get strong, and they can uh, improve their immune response, and just get healthier with with weight training, just like everybody else does. Muscular dystrophy patients just don't respond that way, and yeah. I'm sorry to have to tell you that, but that's the way it is. You know, and if yeah, anybody else has anybody's got contrary evidence, I'd love to see it. But uh, my experience with it has not been good. I, see. I mean, there are different variants. So that, you know, it's like cancer. There's so many different variants. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure there are. Uh, but yeah, it, it, I, I figured that's the case. Yeah, uh, it is. I'm sorry. Yeah. You you've had yourself checked for it though. I haven't, but I don't have any of the, I mean, in my, both my brothers, it's pretty clear. They have like, first of all, they have, their calves are very large. There's like a pseudo, uh, I don't know, pseudo growth in the grass. I forgot the, in the the calves, I forgot the name that they they call it. Right. Uh, And then their hip, they kind of have this gait. It's pretty obvious. Right. Uh, um, And so two of my brothers have it. Um, but my, I, me and my sister don't. So I think it's in the family. My great uncle had it. Yeah, it is. The, but, it, there's a strong yeah. genetic component that predisposes toward yeah. it. So it's, uh, yeah. <clears throat> well, uh, this might be something you want to consider before you have kids. You know, I hate yeah. to have to point that know, out. But <laughs> do what? I said, don't marry your, your don't marry close family. Well, yeah. Right, and but it's other, you know, there are other things to think about with respect to that as well. Well, I mean, that's a, a tough right. deal. Sorry, but, no worries. Uh, Thank you so much. Thanks for your, time. for your call. Appreciate it. Okay, man. All right. All right. <clears throat> Hello. Hey, Rip, this is uh, Ben from Springtown. Ben from Springtown. Springtown where? Texas. We get, get just two Texans Texas, in a row. Yeah. Where is Springtown? I thought we were an international I thought outfit. we were, too. Well, we had the guy from Sweden a minute ago. But well, you, you yeah, but he, I, we got rid of him. Yeah. We didn't want to talk to him because he's a communist Swede. <laughs> but Ben from Springtown, is uh, he's a neighbor. Right? Right. Where is Springtown? Actually, I don't... Texas has got so damn many towns in it, I don't know where all of them are. Springtown, that, that by Houston? It's close to Weatherford. I'm pretty close up to... Oh. Oh, he's... an hour and a half south He of really is our neighbor. He is our neighbor. Yeah, he's right there. He's on the way down to Hard 8 in uh, Stephenville. He sure is. Yeah. You ever go eat at Hard 8 in Stephenville? Uh, I don't know. Probably not. Uh, you'd never You've never remember. been there? I don't think so. How close are you to Stephenville? Ooh, um, I don't know. Maybe maybe an hour. Well, you're, look, Ben, you're fucking up, man. It's worth the drive. <laughs> it's worth the drive. You ought to go over there and eat lunch today. 
those guys that's a damn right. good barbecue place it really is yeah they've opened up a couple of stores in dallas too they've got three or four in dallas yeah. i think yeah but the one in stevenville is the first that's the original one, one? yeah and yeah, it's, good. Uh, it's good good place to eat yep excellent stuff oh well first of all just wanted to you know thank y'all for all the content y'all put out um you know strength chain training has really changed my life i'm a former runner weighed 145 now i'm 245 man uh squatting in the low fives pulling in the high fives cool that's um, good presses like press about 230 good to hear it uh trying to get my press to to go up i want to be a big a big presser right so um i'm doing like a like one week i'll do 10 singles and uh the next week i'll do maybe uh 10 triples dynamic effort mm-hmm. i'm wondering if uh you think dynamic effort's a good strategy for the press do, working with about it, uh, 140 dynamic effort stuff is oh it's useful it's useful in that uh you can accumulate a lot of fairly decent quality work uh, without handling heavy weights. It's easier on your joints and that sort of thing. But uh, dynamic effort notwithstanding, how many days a week are you pressing? It was three. Now it's now it's two. All right. If you're going to be a big presser, you've got to press three days a week, probably four. Okay. And the reason for that is that the reason for that is because the press, more so than any of the other lifts that we do, is extremely dependent on bar path. It is exquisitely dependent on mechanics. Now, if you are just not pressing enough, you're not going to be good at keeping the bar in the groove it has to stay in. All right. The the groove uh, in the press is going to be de- is is going to determine how mechanically efficient the the bar path is with respect to the distance between the barbell and your shoulder. So shoulder, barbell, elbow, all have to be as close together as you can keep them, and the only way to make that go in a real giant heavy press is to have practiced that bar path, practiced the bar groove over and over and over again for thousands of reps. All right. Chase presses five, four days a week yep. and has, right. has done that for a long time. And, you know, a 405 press at a, at a, at a 250 body weight, I don't think there's anybody in the country doing that. Uh, is anybody so. else in the country doing it right now? And uh, I I think that the four-day-a-week press is real, real critical to his success with that lift. Uh, I could see using dynamic effort triples or doubles, probably. I would probably use dynamic effort doubles for 10 sets on one of those days. I would do five sets of five. I would do heavy singles. I'd do dynamic effort doubles, and then I'd do pin presses. Those would be the four workouts I would use. But all in one week. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I know. It doesn't leave a lot of room for bench pressing, but you need to bench once every couple of weeks too. You need to bench. All right. 
but yeah if you're gonna work toward a big press like you're gonna try to you're weighing 245 right now you're gonna i mean you're gonna have a big you can say you have a big press when you're up in the low 300s all right, right. but what's, if you're going to get there, you're going to have to press four days a week. What's the press number now? How much are you pressing? I did uh, two thirty a few weeks ago, but I think I've gotten a bit stronger since then. Yeah. So See, let's say you're two thirty-five, two forty. You've still got quite a ways to go. Sure. You're not even bench press. You're not pressing body weight yet. Yeah, body right. weight's a starting place for a big press, and especially only doing it twice a day. He's going to you're going to respond really twice well. Twice a week, to, yeah. Adding another or twice a week, adding another day, adding two more days you're going to respond very well um what i would do is i'd start off right now and i'd be depressing three days a week and i'd do that for a couple of months and then i would add the fourth day like every other week yep and then i would go to four days yeah i i, I think you should dump the dynamic effort for a while until your press gets up higher when yeah gets, i don't think it's of any use to you right it's now it's too light it's too light Right. Um, it, you you got to be pressing heavy, and by heavy, you, the singles are what's what's heavy, um, and you need to be doing that every week. Because it's real easy to do a light weight in the groove. The right. problem with practicing the press is that if you don't handle heavy weights, the tiniest little bit out of the groove, a centimeter out of the groove on a press, is the difference between making the press, locking it out at the top, and a miss forward. So... Uh, it's real easy to groove 65% for uh, dynamic effort sets, all right? But it's not good practice because it doesn't force you to keep the an efficient bar path because it's light and you can do it wrong. And it's not heavy enough to really make you stronger either. You're just no, accumulating really it's a not. Bunch it's a, it, dynamic effort presses would be a light day a, a light day work. Which you probably don't even need for a press. Not right now. Right. Not right now. Now, exactly. I can see them being <clears throat> valuable. On day four, yep. when he gets up over 300, yep. I can see how that might apply very well. But uh, right now, I don't think you need to do dynamic effort presses. I think you need to do heavy fives, heavy singles, and pin presses. And just just get the thing strong. And then, if you want to, to add a fourth day of just pressing volume, dynamic effort would be good for that. Right. All right, I'll dump it for now. Yeah, I think you should. I think you'll be better off just saving a recovery for the other three days. But when the thing goes on up and you get get real strong on your pin presses and your pin presses you probably are going to want to do those from two different rack settings you know one right above your forehead i mean right at your forehead and then the next the next pin setting up you know just a little bit of variety switch do what all right just switch the pin setting like week to week yes alternate it week to week all right and uh all right and I would do, I'd probably do fives on those, one set of five. You don't want to do sets across on those pin presses. They're too damn heavy. I've tried that and, before, and, and it didn't, didn't it go well. Beat, it just beat the shit out of you. It's not It's not of any use. But uh, you get up there and uh, into, because you're, you're going to be pin pressing more than you're pressing, or right at your max single uh, right now. So uh, you get in there and do those. 
just do one heavy set and quit. I think fives are probably right. good for that. I don't know. Fives get to be too much work. Triples. Because it's an overload. It's an overload movement. I usually have people just rotate them. Five, threes, and ones. Yeah. It goes on forever. One. Goes on forever, yeah. You're right. Yep. Yeah, there's there's well, there's I'll ways to... give all that a try. You know, so five one week at one pin, five one week, then five the next week at a different pin, and then threes and threes, and then singles and singles. Mm-hmm. And then start back over at fives and bump the weight up five pounds. Right, right. It's an intermediate approach to the to the problem, but I... I think that uh, how tall are you? I'm six foot. Six foot, two forty-five. You're gonna be you're gonna be your strongest at like two eighty-five, two ninety, two ninety-five. <laughs> Did you hear that? All right. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't want to buy any more pants. That's what the deal is? But that's where you're. That's true. That's where you're gonna. That's where you're gonna be the strongest. But uh, if you want to be a good presser, you're going to have to work up to four days a week. You know, you have to work up to pressing four days a week. But, you know, Chase did it. You can, too. Just get busy. All right, Coach. I'll do it. Thanks for the call. Thank you. Okay. Well, what a fine young man. Fine young man. Fine young man. He's doing well. Doing well. Not very guys out, very many guys out there pressing over two hundred. No, for sure. there's not. There's damn sure not. You know, standing there and pressing three hundred pounds up over your head is that's strong. Yeah. Yep. That's real strong. Yep. Okay. Ready? <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> Hello. Howdy. Up, hey, up, hey little, there he is. Got a little echo. That's fine now. Oh, oh my! <laughs> he didn't realize he's. Hey, on. hey, it's. No, I didn't think I was gonna get through. It's Daniel. I'm calling from the Great Beyond. Well, um, where's the Great just, Beyond? Just Canada. <laughs> Are you like dead or what? <laughs> Actually, I am. You're calling am from Canada. hell. No, he's in Canada. Look at that. He's we in Canada. He is in hell. The Great yeah, Beyond. Hell. He is in hell. <laughs> right. You poor fucker. Uh, you no, need to immigrate. That's what you need to do. We'll sponsor you. We'll sponsor any Canadian. What do we have to I, do I to sponsor? It's funny. I, I, uh, I, I, <laughs> I, I was training at uh, Shepard Air Force Base, actually. You, uh, I, didn't know, I didn't know about starting strength until a few years later, which is unfortunate because I would have loved to, uh, to have uh, met, met Ripto. But, uh, yeah, I'm a huge fan. Uh, just completely changed uh, uh, my perspective on exercise. I, the one thing... Actually, let me just tell you this: when I was when I was at the Holloman Air Force Base, New Mexico, um, I started doing starting strength, and people thought I was on the juice because I was making so much gains. So, right. uh, yeah, we hear yeah, that. So a lot. There's something to it. We're cheating. Starting strength is cheating. Uh, yeah. <laughs> go, um, well, he's going up I, five pounds of workout. It's impossible. That can't be right. Impossible. You can't right? do that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's insane. <laughs> yeah. Um, but one thing, I, I mean, my numbers aren't anywhere near they are uh, where, where they where they were. Um, but what I was wondering is some, sometimes uh, I have I have a bunch of injuries, um, uh, chronic injuries. 
but uh, on occasion when I'm uh, not re-injuring, um, I'll get gains really fast. So what I was wondering is, um, I remember learning about how, uh, maybe I'm wrong, so correct me if I'm wrong, the muscle cells remain, they just atrophy. So how fast can strength regain uh, in that case? Because this is years ago, but sometimes I'll just get like these bursts of, uh, like I'll just I'll go up like 50 pounds. Uh. Let me say that there are other factors involved in this. It could have something to do with your diet. could have something to do with, mm-hmm. with other stresses that you're undergoing that are interfering with recovery, that sort of thing. Uh, the little bursts of... Uh, of progress that you're making may be the result of you know you're eating more at the time you're eating better you're sleeping mm. better there's all kind of factors going on here uh, are you talking about I, when you when you restart the program you get a lot of uh, progress is that what you mean like much faster than the first time you went through right I'm trying to like I'm trying to situate myself in terms of like where I'm at and uh, yeah I'll think I'm at you know uh Let's see. The uh, I think the initial workouts are you're just you're kind of doing like warm ups to see where you're at, right? Um, like you just keep adding weight until it's uh, I, I don't know. It's sorry, it's been so long since I've read the the starting strength book. Um, so I'm just kind of going off. Of no, you got remember, the idea. Until uh, form starts to break down, oh, okay. which right. is going to okay. start light, right? But what you're saying is that once you start right. that, you're making a very quick progress. But that's because the the adaptation is persistent. Right, so you're you're you don't okay. ever go back to where well, you started. Just out of curiosity, what are your PRs for the five lifts? Oh, PRs. Um, okay, so bench. I think I was about two seventy five. Um, oh wait, two seventy five. Yeah, I think I was about two seventy five. Um, the squat, I was three forty five. And I, I don't know how deep can you go on the the power clean. Is there any bend in the knees? Well, you catch them on two... bent knees, but you catch them at the top. You don't okay. do a squat clean. Right, right, yeah, no squat down. Uh, it was I think it's two fifty five for that. Which one did I miss? Press. Um, deadlift. Oh, deadlift. Oh, deadlift. Oh, I was actually terrible at deadlift. I think my my uh, lower back is weak. Is uh, like three seventy five something like that. I never, I never really actually got up to like you know the five hundreds, uh, which a lot of people well, seem like your, to get up. To. How tall are you, and what's your body weight? Six foot, and at the time I think I was like two twenty five, two thirty. Well, I, you're you're still lifting novice numbers. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, something is is wrong with the continuity here, because okay. you know. At your height and your body weight, you ought to be up in the mid fours for your sets of five squats. You ought to be in the high fours on your set of five deadlifts. You ought to be benching in the low threes, and you ought to be pressing. You didn't say what your press was, but you ought to be pressing in the low to mid twos. Press was pretty weak. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think you've put together a, a, a long enough exactly series of productive training for exactly. us to have a conversation okay. about this yeah it's lots of starts and stops right and, and too I, many starts and stops and you're just not anywhere near your novice potential right now so what I, right. what right. you're asking okay. what it sounds like you're asking is so you you these are your numbers that you've hit before in the past 
So let's say last right. week you started the program and you worked up in your squat, like it says in the book, and you worked up to one, what, let's say 175, right? Something like that? Mm-hmm. Right, right. So what's going to happen is the next workout, that's going to feel very, very light, and you're going to do 195, 205, 225, 255. Right. So, so yeah, that you, you don't go back to the first weight that you ever did, which w- would have been like 80 or 90 pounds, right. because that, that adaptation is gotcha. persistent, right? So you're going to make very rapid progress. So the whole point of the program is to take all that slack out of that uh, whatever you have there and just run it up as quickly as possible. Right. So Your you, ramp up will be very, very quick. Very quick. And the, very, it, when after a layoff. And it has to be very quick or you're just not going to make any progress. Right. You know, if you if you uh, when okay. if say if you do a three month layoff and you come back to training after three months and you were squatting in the high threes for sets of five, your first workout back will be two and a quarter for three sets of five. And that'll make you real, real sore. But the workout mm-hmm. after that will be 275. Right. And then the workout after that will be 315, and then 345, and then 365. And now we're back up at about the, the PR you left off with. Mm-hmm. And that's how you regain the momentum that you, that you stopped with. But the, the, obviously the best way to regain the momentum is to, <laughs> so not, is stop. to not stop. <laughs> Just maintain right. it, but it doesn't sound to me like that you've put together, uh, you know, like nine months or a year of productive training without any interruption. And if you can't do oh, that, can you imagine? it's do what? <laughs> he said, can you imagine? Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, so yeah. It's a, yeah, it's, Life is just, uh, yeah. Yeah, I know. But it's, you know, uh, your progress yeah. is... Uh, is not life's fault right i mean everybody's got you know your your progress is going to be is going to be dependent on your ability to force life to do your bidding and that's just what you have to do right yeah you know i know your mom dies all right what do you do the next day you go to the gym and you get under the bar and you dedicate the sets to her but you don't miss the workout Okay, you you have to get that kind of a mindset. You know, when bad shit happens, you train because it's because it's Wednesday, yeah. right? That's why you train because it's Wednesday, and Wednesday's the training day, so you train, and it doesn't matter what else is going on, and you have just not gotten to that point in your in your training history to where you're you're able to commit like that. Uh, productive lifters um, can be uh, regarded as callous assholes when when they do not let shitty things interrupt their training. Now I've been accused of that for forty five years. Okay, but it, it just depends on what you want to do. You know, depends on what you want to do. Yeah, it's a good good time to point yeah. out that the, uh, the 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 number one thing that, regardless of programming, regardless of what you're doing in the gym, 
uh, you'll make progress if you're consistent. Just, just you consistent can do sh- and yeah. continuity. Yep. Don't don't okay. stop. And you can fuck a lot of things up in terms of programming, even even in terms of recovery and nutrition and stuff like that, and still make a hell of a lot of progress. Now, if you don't miss work. If you don't miss. Yeah, obviously you want to try to optimize <clears throat> okay. things, but uh, the, the first step, the first – uh, the, the the baseline of everything is just not missing the workouts. People can get real strong and do everything right from a nutrition and recovery standpoint, but missing three workouts a month derails you, everything. Every, mm. You have to show up. Yep. You can show up and do a bunch of stupid shit. Yeah. But if you don't show up, you're not going to make any progress. You're right. going to detrain, and then you've right. got to regain the ground you just took and gave up. And that's not a productive right. use of time. Yep. You know, if you detrain, then you're 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 not making progress. Detraining is not making progress. I, you know, it seems stupid to, have to say that, but <laughs> you you know, uh, you, yeah. you miss workouts. If you miss workouts, it doesn't matter why you're missing workouts. You know, yep. That's your like squat doesn't care uh, that your mother yeah. died. All right? right. And that's, that's horrible to say. But your squat doesn't care that your mother died. Yep. Okay? Right. Your squat will suffer. Now, if you have to be gone, you have to be gone. But realize that if you're gone, there's a price to be paid with respect to your training. And that's just the way right. shit is. Okay? And it just it depends on your ability to dedicate uh, continuity to to this to this process. You know, if you can't maintain continuity, this is a process of accumulation. Training is an accumulation of adaptation, and when you are not accumulating an adaptation, then the adaptations uh, don't accumulate. Right? You keep missing workouts. It doesn't matter why you missed a workout. It doesn't make any difference to your physiology why you missed a workout. It makes absolutely no difference at all. If you're not there, then you're not getting stronger. If you're not putting more weight on the bar when you train, you're not getting stronger. Why is irrelevant. Okay? So... This, this is just a, a – you're going to have to make a pact with yourself here that you're going to put together two years of uninterrupted quality workouts and then see where your numbers are because your numbers are light right now. You're not really you, – you haven't gotten this done. Have you got a copy of Practical Programming? Oh, God, I've moved so many times. And I, uh, not on me, but I'll, I'll order another one. Well, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to put together the program according to that book, and if you do that, uh, at, at your you're six foot and two forty five. Is that what you said? Uh, yeah, I, I was about uh, two thirty. I'm, I'm probably closer to two hundred right now. My numbers are uh, nowhere near what I was <laughs> talking uh, about. Your, and your body weight will immediately go back up too if you're eating correctly. Mm. Uh, if you you're just going to have to get your head out of your ass. If you want to train, you've got the get the process is the process, and all the external mm-hmm. bullshit that attempts to interfere with that. It you know there's there's no uh, the, you, you, physiology is physiology. It doesn't matter that your mom's dead, right? Mm-hmm. I know that's horrible, but that's the truth. 
That's the truth. This has got to matter to you. And uh, right. uh, you, it has to matter enough that you're not going to let anything sidetrack your training. Okay? Right. Now, you know, yeah. this is the primary problem with people who, who, who try to train. Is the primary problem is they allow external uh, circumstances to interfere with their accumulation of adaptation. And if you don't do the work, the adaptation can't accumulate, and you're just not going to be very strong. And that's just just arithmetic. You know, the universe doesn't care. So you got to obey the rules and you got to show up and you've got to you got to do the 5 pound PR and you've got to make uh, make it's got to be important enough to where you're willing to deal with some criticism from other people that oh what is this guy doing going to the gym doesn't he understand that you know it's christmas he doesn't understand it's christmas you go to a gym on christmas well no you don't understand it's wednesday i love training on christmas (laughs) it's not christmas it's wednesday there's nobody there right there's nobody there (laughs) right nobody there (laughs) so you know take that for what it's worth appreciate the call and you're, he's in Canada. I mean, what, what else he's is he going to do? I don't know. What else is he going to do? Just well, train. Train. The law they, to train. They, I was about to say, are they allowed to train? I don't know. For now, maybe. I don't know, man. I don't know if you. I, I don't know if you've noticed this too. But something I've been thinking about a lot: the the starts and stops. You know, from personal experience. Yes. The starts and stops. Also, there's a thing that happens where you can, uh, where you you decondition in terms of still having the ability to produce some force. Yes. But your body can't actually handle it. That's right. right. When you come back from a layoff, you're going to be exquisitely sore. But even if you're doing even if you're doing another activity like Brazilian jiu-jitsu, and it doesn't make any difference if you're not squatting, you're gonna you're gonna be real, real, real sore. Yep. When you when you come back. And that's just the way shit is. That's why that's a real good reason to not take a layoff. Yeah. You know? Typically once you've been training thirty years and you know you're gonna train and you're in the habit of training, what happens is injuries punctuate the progress. And it may not be an injury that happens in the gym. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes an injury in the gym is a result of an injury suffered outside the gym. You have a motorcycle wreck and your knee's all fucked up, right? And then you keep hurting that knee when you're squatting. It happens. You know, and when when things like that happen, uh, enough times you have to understand that your career under the bar making PRs is over. That's when you decide, do I really want to do this? How important is this strength thing to me? And if it is, you'll keep training. Even though you're not lifting the weight you did when you were a competitor, you'll keep training because it's what you do. It's your identity. It's what you do. You squat. It's Tuesday night. I squat. You know, no, I can't squat what I did when I was 28. But it's Tuesday. It's time to train. Right? That's where you get to. It just depends on whether this training thing is a part of your life or not, you know. Um, 
think that uh, most people, well, there's a certain type of people that that don't see the point in training if they're not going to be as strong as they ever were. Those people have a different relationship to their training than hard-headed fuckers like me do. <laughs> they also forget that some shit only hurts when you don't train, too. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, you know, what do you want to do? Yeah. You know, I've, I've known real, real, real good lifters that just hung it up. Hadn't trained. Just hung it up. Yep. Well, been to the world. What am I going to do now? I just hung it up. But that's never been my relationship with training. I was never going to the worlds. I never thought I was going to the nationals. You know, I just wanted to be strong. I like doing it. It's something you like doing. So it's, uh, you know, you've just got to, you know, get out of it what you want. You know, everybody gets a different, everybody has a different relationship with their training. Here we go. Okay. Well, hello. How, how are you? I'm back. I'm back. Hey, Thank you. Hey, there there's the Swede. Yeah, hello. Excellent. Okay, so actually, uh, I, uh, there's an explanation for this. I had to switch to an, uh, a new phone because I crushed my, my previous one doing uh, power cleans. <laughs> uh, like just now? I was doing them earlier in the morning. <laughs> yeah, not just now, but uh, no, 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 like a while back. Uh, I forgot oh. I had it in my pocket and was doing them in the morning, so uh, it was kind of stupid. Well, yeah, but, you know. But, um, Happens. Cleans are important yeah. too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but um, anyway, I was uh, I was mainly uh, going to ask that uh, because um, I'm in Sweden and uh, we hear all this talk about uh, coaches in uh, America and uh, mm -hmm. becoming a coach and all, all that stuff. But how would I go about doing that uh, if I'm stuck here? Well, you want to be a starting strength. Partners? You're talking about a starting strength coach. Yeah, if I wanted to do the process. Well, uh, all right, the process to get to, to, to be expert at coaching is not dependent on you being here. All right? Now, you're, okay. you're going to have to come here for the test, for the examination, for your, for your you know, expertise and, and, and stuff. But in terms of uh, becoming a good coach – the resources are available to you just like they are to anybody else. You know, how many times yeah. have you read the books? How many of I've the read the books um, uh, through once, but I, I still revisit uh, individual chapters that I need. Yeah, you'll, and you'll and have to be doing that from now on. Uh, I mean, we've got all of the material that you need to... Uh, be an effective coach we have provided through the books through the videos and through the forum there's all the communication that is necessary between you and us is is available all right yes now your ability to coach is going to be dictated by a couple of things it's going to be first dictated by your experience under the bar you cannot coach something you haven't done if you have not gone through the novice 
progression, then you can't coach barbell training because you don't know what the hell you're doing. You don't know what's possible to do, and you don't know how to communicate that to somebody that you're trying to coach because you've never experienced it. You can't communicate things you haven't experienced. Uh, This is what's wrong with lots and lots of instruction that we receive from time to time. You, you have to have some personal experience with it, or you can't, you can't solve the individual problems that are necessary to solve if you are uh, dealing with somebody else and their training, okay? So, but if you're training, you're, you're, you're getting all of that done yourself. And then you have to have experience communicating with other people. Now, I, you can come over here to a seminar and you can you can have trained yourself and have two or three years experience under the bar and you know have a 600 squat and a 700 deadlift and a 450 bench and a 300 press and a 300 power clean and still not be able to coach if you haven't practiced yeah. coaching because coaching requires that you stand there and watch thousands of reps because you have to learn how to compare what you see to the standard of the lift and then develop ways to make corrections to the athletes you're coaching that are effective in real time. Okay? Mm. Now, you could do all of that in a sweep. You know, you don't have to be here to get to be a good coach. Yes, but it's just uh, an issue with the uh, proximity to other starting strength coaches being on the other side of the world. I'm the only one over here doing this kind of stuff. A yeah, lot of, I, I understand of, that. But a lot of guys have done it, um, you know, on, on their own. I mean, we've got the guys in Korea and Singapore and Brussels and uh, England. And, and the I UK. mean, you know, Ragavan and... and uh, and Byron. And Byron, Byron Johnson, yeah. just got through with this. Yep. Uh, are kind of by themselves there in the UK. It's not yep. unusual well, to find yourself see. being the only one doing this in, in a particular location. It's, it's going to be hard. There's, I mean, no other way around it. It might be a little bit harder for you, but it's going to be hard. But if you want it, it's going to be worth it. Yeah, you know, look, you, you'd be, it yeah. would be a, you, to your advantage to be the only starting strength 100%, coach in Sweden. 100%. You'll be busy. I have coached people in my, what, almost three years of working at the gym from Sweden who have traveled here just to get coaching. I yeah, mean, there's a demand. There is a demand. Sure. There's always a demand for what we do. Mm-hmm. Everywhere in the world where a certified starting strength coach lives, there is a demand for that product. Mm-hmm. And... If you have to come over here at the end of your correct, useful, productive preparation, you have to come over here, then it'll it, the trip will pay for itself. Yep. All right. Short order. But the, the primary things that you have to do to get ready to pass the exam is, first, you have to train productively using uh, the methods that we teach. Then you have to practice training other people using the methods that we teach because that is a skill that cannot be developed without experience you need to you know we at least a year 
That's of, what I did. I trained of, people of for coaching a year. people. Yeah. Do you have clients now? Uh, no, I do not. I'm just yeah. That's, that's uh, the first thing I'm you need to do. That's the first thing you need to yeah. do is start pe- teaching people these lifts. It doesn't yes. matter that you're not certified. Start teaching people these lifts. Start coaching them. When you have a handful of clients, when you have three or four clients that are paying you for coaching, sign up for the coach prep course, and that'll get you ready for the for the seminar. When I started, don't, don't make the don't make the mistake of thinking that you have to be a certified starting strength coach before right. you teach starting 100%. strength because the opposite is true yeah. mm-hmm. unless you have taught it and in a serious manner not just teach your little brother but i mean taught this method professionally in a gym with clients where it matters to you then you're not going to be able to get certified through the course here because experience with the coaching of this method is the key to passing the exam. Right. It's the key to passing the exam. You're mm-hmm. going to show up here, and at 10.30 Saturday morning, we're going to put you on a platform with five other people and one of our staff people, and you're going to have to perform as a coach at the same level that the staff guy is performing. You're going to have to perform at exactly the same level. And you're not going to be able to do that on day one. You're going to have to have a year of experience. And the experience means something if people are paying you to do it for them. So you develop as a coach, and then you come for your examination. All right? It's We're not like all the other certifications. When I first started, the way I started was I contacted friends and said, hey, do you want coaching? I have no idea what I'm doing as far as professional, but I need experience. And then I started coaching my friends for free. When I'd get off at work at 7 a.m., I'd train them for about three or four hours. I lost a lot of sleep over this, but it was worth it. For a solid year, I trained people for free. And what you have to do. Yeah. And uh, there's the, the difference between somebody that's read the book three times and somebody that's read the book two times and passes the exam is that the person that passes is the one with the most experience coaching. You cannot duplicate coaching experience without being on the platform, looking at reps, comparing those reps to the model of the lift, and then making the corrections necessary to have the client perform the movement pattern closer to the model that's it cannot be done any other way and you have to be humble about whenever you realize oh i've been fucking up a little bit and tell someone i've been fucking up we're fixing it now yes so you know you learn as you coach yes you know and then you coach for a year and you all of your people are making good progress everybody's squatting below parallel everybody's got a good hip drive out of the bottom. Everybody's press is using a good hip pattern. Everybody's deadlift is a nice straight pull. Uh, everybody's bench press is a is a, a nice, you know, efficient bench. Everybody's power clean. Looks like it needs to. And you are the one that got them in that position. Then, then you're ready to come take the test. But you're not going to get there unless you coach. And if you're not coaching anybody right now, 
the first thing you have to do is get some clients. That's the first thing you have to do. Don't charge them much because you're not worth anything right now. All right. You don't get to be yep. worth money until you've done this a while. But you got to charge them something or they don't take it seriously. Now, I don't know that I, we can, I can't say that more forcefully. If you don't yep. charge them, they're not paying any attention to you. And they're not taking you seriously. So you have to charge them. And if they're not willing to pay you for it, then get somebody that is. Paid clients teach you how to coach. Okay? Paid clients yeah. teach you what you need to know. All right? Volunteer clients yeah. are not paying any attention to you. People that value what you're telling them enough to pay you are the ones that teach you. Because you are in the business of telling them correctly what to do. And if during this process you learn something, which you will, then your skills at coaching are honed and they won't be unless you're working with paid clients. Yes. So that's how you get ready to do this. And then when it comes time, but, uh, you save up for a plane ticket, you come over here and you and you submit yourself for the uh, evaluation. Do your government overlords yes. allow you to leave the country? Uh, right now, yes, I think we do, but we, we well, didn't neat. used to have that. Very nice of them. Yeah, they're, they're very generous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah the, but uh, but uh, I had like another question with, with uh, as to that, but like, should I be coaching uh, the, the story and strength model, even though I may have some form uh, or, or technique that deviates like slightly? I cannot do the, the neutral wrist uh thumbs over uh, in the squat without the uh, shoulder issues. So, well, you, you know, uh, if you can't, you can't. But can you coach it correctly? Yeah. Yes. Well, if you can coach it correctly, then yeah, you can you can coach it. Uh, yeah. You know, injuries kind of, you know, make things hard to perform. <laughs> but I, look, we have to, we have to stop and tell people this all the time. The best athletes, the best lifters, are almost invariably the worst coaches. They are the worst coaches because they've never had any problems to solve. And problem solving is a skill set that they do not possess. Somebody that's just a freak that walks into the gym, that's a natural athlete, that does things right the first time because they just feel good to him, he doesn't know how to solve movement problems, and he'll never learn how to solve movement problems. But a, a, a goofy guy like me, you know, that just wanted it real, real, real bad and thought about it a whole lot and tried real, real hard, I'm a good coach. And I'm a good coach because I've made all the mistakes and I've learned how to correct them. Okay. Yes. The fact that you're making mistakes and that you can't do things perfectly has nothing, really, nothing to do with the fact that you know how to coach correctly other people. Okay. Mm -hmm. You understand what I'm saying? It doesn't matter. If you, the best coaches 
and this is true for just any sport, the best coaches are not the best athletes in that sport. Never. It never happens. Never happens. And there's a reason for that. The best coaches are the guys that wanted it real, real, real bad and had to work real, real, real hard to get 50% of what the best athletes have, naturally. Okay? Those guys are the ones that know how to solve the problems and know how to communicate those solutions to their athletes. Okay? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. my advice to you is to immediately get some, some some clients. Start coaching. Charge for it. Don't charge a lot. All right. Don't be an asshole. You know, because you're not worth much right now, but the time is worth something. Okay? Yeah. And that's how you get prepared to pass the coaching certification. Is accumulate uh, a couple of years of experience, solve the problems. You know, it's going to be. I think I should. Uh, should I charge my mom? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fuck, charge your mom. Sure. All right, all right. Absolutely. Uh, rip said charge. Right, you. <laughs> mom, rip said charge you. I'm charge you. <laughs> well, just, you know, make her cook or something. Yeah, I'll already do make that. Her, make her make some of those meatballs you guys like. Oh, yeah. And I sent my mom to Carm. There's no way I'm coaching my mother. <laughs> nah. No way. Nah, she won't listen to you anyway. Oh, we would be arguing the entire time. <laughs> my dad used to come train at the gym. Yeah. He'd come in and fuck around at the gym. You couldn't tell him. <laughs> you couldn't tell him down, up, right, left. You couldn't tell him anything. Yeah. So I just left him alone. But... <laughs> <laughs> he he was in there just fucking around. Yeah. Didn't have anything else. Same to with do. my dad. He's in there just, three days a week fucking around. He's fucking around. <laughs> he's not listening to you. You're just still a little baby <laughs> to him. You know. Oh shit. All right. Well, appreciate the call, man. Good luck to you. You need to really think about this if you want to do this professionally. That's that's the best way to approach it. Okay. Hey, thank you. Thank Maybe you. Maybe I'll come down and see you guys sometime. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Well, he's a nice young man. Very what nice. a nice young man. We want to Scandinavians do? are polite. They are, aren't they? They are. Yeah. You want to uh, keep going? You want to wrap it? You wrap got it another up? one? Yeah, we got a couple more. All right, let's go. <clears throat> okay. Hello. Hello. Hey. Hey. Everybody on here. Oh, hey, what's going on, Rip? This hey. is uh, Eric out of Washington D.C. Eric from Washington D.C. Why are you there? You don't work for the <laughs> FBI, do you? You know, I knew this was coming when I was going to call. <laughs> yeah. Was, well, uh, of course. Like, you should have said you were. You know it's us. It's a good question, by the way. It's a great question, by the way. You <laughs> whether are, whether or not you work for the FBI. Sounds like sounds like you work for the FBI. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. No. No, thank God I'm in real estate. Although, oh, there you go. Uh, You're in real estate. So you sell real estate to agents. Democrats <laughs> in Washington, D.C. <laughs> and you sleep? Uh, I actually work. You sleep at night? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, well, <laughs> I actually work in commercial real estate. And, uh, oh, even worse. I do a lot of outside of D.C. Okay. Uh, 
because uh, doing real estate in the city is is probably as bad as you can possibly imagine. Yeah, um, yeah, with all the laws and, and I can imagine stuff. bad. <laughs> it, yeah. So, um, reason for the call, guys. Uh, I have a surgery coming tomorrow. I'm getting my extensor tendon in my thumb repaired. I unfortunately sliced it open this week uh, accidentally when I was washing a dish. It cracked in my hand. Um, the dish? So I'm getting the cracked hit. dish cut your extensor thumb tendon? Man, relax when you're doing it, dude. <laughs> God almighty. <laughs> I never heard of that. That's uh, real I fucked agree. up. Were you pissed off when you were doing it? I, I bet no, he was pissed off no, after it happened. Uh, <laughs> I was pissed off after it happened. That's right. That's right. So, uh, anyways, got the tendon. I'm, I'm getting the surgery tomorrow. Okay. And, um, you know, talk to the doctor. I have no experience with this. You know, I, I know he's probably going to say to lay off doing most things for a while. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of curious about sort of your thoughts on returning to training. Obviously, well, don't do something stupid. Yeah, don't do something stupid. Okay, here's the here's the situation yeah. with the tendon repair. The damn thing has to have time to knit, to start the healing process, without a lot of tension on it. Because if you dehiss the repair, then you're going to have a hole in it. All right. Uh, okay. I they probably will put you in a cast. And have they told you what they're going to do about that? They have not, actually. I uh, think you're going to be in a not. cast. When you and I don't know if it's going to be a soft cast or a plaster cast or whatever. They, you know, back in the day they would have put you in a plaster cast so you wouldn't argue with them about it. But uh, the thing is going to have to be still for a while. And. You know, this is going to mean, I mean, you can't train without your hands. So, uh, you know, you're going to be on a, a layoff. You're going to be on a layoff. You're not going to like it. But you're going to be yeah. on a layoff. But I promise you, if you fuck that tendon repair up, you are not going to be happy with the outcome uh, six months from now. Uh, I don't think you can even bench press or press while this is healing. The hand is just too integral to every one of the barbell exercises, and there's just not a hell of a lot you're going to be able to do. Now, you could do some belt squats. Be real careful about loading with plates. Be real careful with that. Get somebody else to load it for you. You can do belt squats. Uh, you could probably pull do prowler. Uh, pull prowler, push prowler. Would be able to push with it. Yeah, wrap a belt around his belly and pull on it. No, it. No, I think he can probably push prowler with an open hand. Mm-hmm. Just be careful. Don't slip. Right. I think you could do that. I think you could probably, uh, but you can't press. You can't bench. You can't deadlift. And you're not going to be able to squat. Right. You're not going to be able to squat with a bar on your back because the thumb is too is under too much load in that situation now this thing ought to heal in a couple of months and if i were you i would do exactly what the surgeon tells me yeah. they'll probably even cl- if it sounds stupid they'll probably clear them in eight weeks or so probably eight to ten weeks and that's probably reasonable in this yeah. case 
I would be moving the okay. thing around. I wouldn't be motionless, but I damn sure wouldn't right. load it. Do you think damn a, sure wouldn't load? Do you think a safety squat bar would be doable? You know, I don't know. Yeah, maybe after a while. I don't know. Uh, I've never used one of the fucking things. I don't like the back angle because my knees, you know, are all fucked up. Safety squat bar is a high bar squat. Yeah. It's almost a front squat. It's almost a front squat. But, I mean, that or nothing. That or nothing, you know. I mean, it's, you know. But how old are you? I guess that's what I'm doing. I am uh, 36. Look, you're going to – two months out of this is, you know – you can you can afford to take a two month layoff if you want to. Mm-hmm. All right, you don't have to take a complete layoff. You can push the prowler, and you could hell you could leg press for that matter if you yeah. got a leg press machine. Right. You can belt squat. The, There's all kind of things you can do being careful, but do not load the repair at first. Okay. Do not load the repair. Move the repair but don't load the repair you understand the difference uh i do and i appreciate that clarification yes i think i think it's important to move it but i don't i think you really do not want to load that repair all right let that thing stitch back together as best it can tell the guy to use as much suture as he needs to in the repair you don't care what it looks like. Okay. He probably won't be referred to okay. like standard physical therapy. He'll probably go to a hand therapist. And I'm those, sure that's true. And they're, they, I mean, in a specialization like that, they tend to be a little bit better, you know, than your standard mm-hmm. physical therapy shit. So right. I, I wouldn't worry about it, man. Just do what they say on this. I one. mean, you've got no choice. You <laughs> yeah. got to go get it fixed tomorrow. So uh, get it fixed and uh, tell the surgeon don't be bashful about putting some extra suture in it if he thinks it'll make the repair more secure yeah i don't really care about the aesthetic no the aesthetics don't matter situation like this you don't care what it looks like how in the hell did you manage to do this the the dish Uh, broke so were you punching the dish clean I was I was punching the dish. Yeah, okay. exactly. No, I literally, I just I was holding it in one hand. I was pushing the uh, pushing the sponge into it and just trying to get a little really hard. You know, trying to get trying to get what was stuck on it off, and it just right. just broke through. God clean, damn! Clean cut it. And, All right, and then, let me uh, give you a piece of advice. Here's a piece of advice from a former professional dishwasher. <laughs> Soak your dishes before you wash them. <laughs> Especially if, especially if shit's so dishes. stuck on that you, if shit is stuck on that you, that have, you to have to push so hard you break your plate, soak the dishes. All right? You Before that, you just, wash them. Just use it only plates. takes four minutes. Just soak the damn things. Just put it in, put some soap on it, get it wet, and walk away. And then, and then come back. And wash the plate, all right? <laughs> Just for future reference, that's what you do. Uh, this call has been very informative. Good, I hope so. <laughs> I hope it has. Thanks for the call, man. All right, later. <laughs> Life lessons, man. Yeah. One not. more. Should we take it? Uh, why not? Maybe it's Raul again. Maybe it is. Hello. 
Hi, Coach. Uh, my name's Lewis. Lewis. Yes, sir. All right. How can um, we help you today, Lewis? Well, first, well, thank you for a great program. Even like horrible at conception, labor program, it, it's done uh, amazing things. I, I deeply appreciate it. I started off at about 25 pounds in 2015, transitioned back to the States, and I'm now about 175, and my squat, dead, deadlift, and bend her all up and uh, just press 135 for uh, for a single. That was fun. Um, so I, your body weight I, I is 175 I, now, is that what you said? Yes, sir. And how tall are you? 5'6". Keep going, man. Keep okay, going. Um, I have a question. All right. Okay, so I, uh, I, will, I did buy your programming book, the second book. Yes. Um, here's what I have screwed up. So now that I've read it, and I understand how much I screwed it up, uh, what, what I would like to know is it's obvious at my age, I'm about 40, I should not be doing the Texas method. I tried to run that as honestly as I could. I did about three weeks, and that just... You can't do it. Uh, I had some really great... Yeah. You, you said you're 40? <sighs> yes, sir. <clears throat> yeah, Lewis, if you're trying to do Texas method at the age of 40, you are a suicidal maniac. <laughs> All right? That's, that program <laughs> is a young man's program, and you cannot recover from that, especially not at your body weight and height. You're, you're going to have to be eating about 6,000 calories a day to get recovered from full-blown Texas method. And it's not productive if you're not going to do that. Okay? <clears throat> if I were you I and I was I actually an intermediate lifter, if I were you, I would do the four-day split. That is the most productive okay. way for an intermediate lifter to train after the age of about 25. All right? Okay. Okay, that, that that was my answer. I was wanting to know whether to do that or to just rerun the program or uh, do Bill Stars, but um, the four-day split. Okay. Now the four-day split um, is the one. That's that's what you need to do. What are your lifts right now? Uh, sir, uh, squat two weeks ago was at 265 uh, max. That, that felt good. Uh, deadlift on the same day was 270 for five. Okay. Uh, and that's at the body weight of 175 at 5'6". You know, yes, sir. How, do you have any idea how many calories you're eating a day? You got a rough guess? I am it. doing a, about three to four because I am trying to do about a half gallon of milk a day. All right. And your protein should be up around 200 grams at least. You, you think you're doing that? Again, it's a half gallon. I'm trying every meal to get protein down. I've right. been a. Um, well, you're a short probably history. getting that done. I've had twenty. Yeah. You're probably okay on that. Yes, sir. Uh, I, you know, I think uh, at the age of forty, it, with your numbers, you might be able to squeeze out a little bit more out of the novice progression. But uh, if you're busy at work or you're otherwise pressed for time, I think that. Uh, the four-day split is going to be the best way for you to go. 
I, you know, okay. you can't. But you cannot do Texas Myth. Don't, don't. No, 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 no. No, people don't understand about the. And I thought I've been clear on this in the books, but people just think they can do it, and they go ahead, and it's, you know, there's apparently some romance associated with the Texas method, but it's, um, you know, I think I think the four day split Monday, Thursday it'd be upper body, and Tuesday Friday it'd be lower body. The workouts are shorter. They're easier for an adult to do and recover from, and uh, I'd, that'd be my. If I was coaching you, that's what we would be doing. Yes, sir. I have two more, and I'll, and I'll get off, sir. Um, the gentleman that taught me how to deadlift, uh, very, uh, very cool guy. His name's Tim King, out in North Carolina. He. Again, I was like, I was a beanpole when he taught me, and he taught me to slide my hands down down my legs all the way to the bar, and almost like a squat position, and just stand up. And I've been following. It's not exactly the same setup you guys use. I've been happy with it. Should I change that? Butt's probably too low if you do it that way. If you're now if. You need to be doing our deadlift method works better than anybody okay. else's deadlift method. And uh, one of the things that I show everybody on Saturday afternoon at the seminar is videos of people deadlifting. <clears throat> now, if you use the, the old fashioned squat down and pull the bar off the floor method, uh, squat the bar off the floor, push the bar away from the floor method that, that is taught with low hips. If you get enough weight on the bar, you're going to be in the same position when the bar leaves the floor that we teach you to pull from. And okay. ours is a lot more efficient. You know, just sliding your hands down your legs to the bar is just a a way to waste a bunch of hip movement on the squat on the deadlift because that's not what happens when the bar comes off the floor you're not in that position your ass is going to come up so we teach you to pull from the position that your ass will occupy when the bar leaves the floor to begin with okay and it's much more efficient it's much more it takes about five minutes for me to teach anybody how to do a correct deadlift and that's all in the book have you read the book? Yes, sir. This, the, the blue one, no. Not the program, uh, just the programming. Well, you got to get the blue book. you got to yes, get sir. the blue, because all that's in the blue book. All the technique stuff's in the blue book. And it's. I think we make a very good case for our deadlift teaching method. And I don't think that anybody oh. else has got a, got a better way to do it than we do. Roger that, sir. I'll make sure uh, to grab that. If, My only last question, sir. If yes, you go right ahead. If you if you watch the learn to deadlift video on our YouTube channel and then go lift go deadlift with your butt high in the air and uncomfortable, uh, you'll add thirty pounds to your deadlift today. Absolutely. The way you're doing it right now is uh, very inefficient. It, it's inefficient. Yeah. It, you can't deadlift like that. Right. And you don't deadlift like that. Yep. That's what's wrong with that method. That's right. not the way you pull. Right. It's just, it was explained incorrectly, and it costs you weight on the bar. 
nobody pulls like that the bar comes off the ground when your hips are in the right position right positions dictated by your anthropometry and our teaching method takes all of that into account and i think you need to yeah, get the blue shot. book now yep. <clears throat> yes sir all right what's your last question um, last question i promise um i just started uh snatching i power cleaning when i do it uh, i believe you say uh in the book a motor moron i believe that's what you would yes. classify me as uh in, in terms of <laughs> yes sir uh and, so cleaning is incredibly a pain in the butt, but I can snatch now 95 pounds, and I'm real happy with that. Well, um, I, without seeing it, you know, I don't know. Without seeing it, uh, I find that it's generally easier to teach the power clean than the power snatch. And the only reason I would use the power snatch first is if there is something about your arm anthropometry, for example, a short humerus and a long forearm that would make racking the bar on your shoulders difficult. That's the only reason I would teach the snatch first, because the clean is the natural way to learn the fast pull, the pull and catch. All right, both a clean and a snatch are a pull and a catch, and they both involve a shift in position in the middle between those two phases of the movement the power cleans easier to teach and uh i like to teach the power clean first because the the principle of a fast pull and a catch is is easier if the bar is on your shoulders than over your head because the snatch introduces a balance problem that's not there with the with the clean and the clean is the natural precursor to learning the snatch so you know, it, but without seeing you, I have no idea why you're having less problem learning to snatch know, than to clean. I know my elbows are always down when I catch it. I, I'm trying to kick them out, but my elbows are always down. Well, and like they I'm may be down press. because your forearm is longer than is convenient for the clean, and they, you know, it just could be a form thing. I just don't know. If you want to submit okay. a video on the website i'll be glad to look at it put it in the technique okay, forum and call call your call my attention to the fact that we've talked about this on the phone i'll be glad to look at it but without looking at it i can't tell you okay uh okay i no, it's no, been no, my experience that, that. Uh, it's been my experience that the snatch is best learned after the clean okay but you okay. know it, 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 that's, that's not always the case but it's usually the case all right okay. so post a video and let me look at it and i'll be glad to help you with it i will sir thank, and again thank you very much okay again, thanks for the call program. appreciate it okay boys and girls right. what do you think it's pretty good oh i had fun <laughs> i had a blast fun a blast I just love you people. I love you. <laughs> and I appreciate your call. Okay. So, uh, anybody have anything they want to talk about before we leave? No. Rusty, you got anything intelligent to say for a change? <laughs> Nick, you? No, nothing. 
Nothing. No. Top Gun's pretty damn good. <laughs> Top Gun is a phenomenal movie. You know, everybody says that. It's great. Everybody man. has had nothing but good shit to it's say about movie. that movie. Even though Tom Cruise is in it. Yeah. He was <laughs> great know? in it. I don't yeah. I like Tom Cruise. But I like Tom Cruise. Tom too. Cruise is a pro. He say what you want sure to is. about the little dude, but he's a pro. Yeah. He's good at this movie thing. He really you know? is. Yeah. He, he really, really is. is. And, uh, I mean, he's a quintessential movie star. Yeah. Yeah. Just a few guys working, you know, that some, are in some. that caliber. Him and uh, Brad Pitt. Yep. And Gary Oldman. And uh, who else? I like Liam Neeson. I think he's all right. Yeah, he's too much of a... He's kind of the same dude. Well, I guess Tom Hanks. Or not Tom Hanks. I used to Tom like... Tom Cruise's same Tom guy Cruise kind of gets shoved into the same type of role. Yeah, yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. Right. You know? Cruise is good enough to where you believe he's the character. Right. You know? Now, a jack-off like Robert De Niro is so obnoxious in his <laughs> private life that you can't separate. Liam Neeson's that way now. Is he really? Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's too bad. And it sucks. I don't pay attention. He was so otherwise. good in Rob Roy. I just love it. If you do that, you're not going to watch any fucking movies ever. So I just well, ignore true. those fucks. You have to be able to be entertained. Yeah, that's right. You know, unless the guy has created a situation that is just he's so obnoxious off the screen that you can't divorce the character from the actor. In which case, that's unprofessional. Yeah. Brad Pitt is a pro. He's yeah. He's a pro. I love Brad Pitt. He's the best one there is right now. Leonardo DiCaprio you know? is that one for you though. Yeah. <laughs> I just, you know, don't care for the boy. <laughs> so anyway, what else? Is that all? That's all we got. Boy, this coffee's good. <laughs> oh, someone pointed out Christian Bale. For sure, man. Christian oh yeah. Oh God, a, yeah, got got shit, Christian yeah. Bale's He's, he's he's right there with with Gary Oldman. Mm-hmm. That is an actor's actor, mm-hmm. yeah. you know. Gary Oldman's in a series about uh, MI6 right now on uh, HBO. I think is he? Yeah, and I haven't started watching it yet, but shit, it looks good. Well, Gary Oldman, I'll watch anything he does. That's yeah. a that's a masterful yeah, actor. Bale's right there with him. Yeah. Bale's. I mean that that guy's a. His voice is anything he wants it to be. Right. Yeah. Just amazing. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. You know, he's a Brit. Yep. And you, you wouldn't know. You wouldn't know. You yeah. can't tell. He transforms, man. Yeah. He's, you know, I don't know how he learned how to do that. But there's not a, if he doesn't want there to be any British in his voice, right. there's not a, not a molecule of yeah. it. It's amazing. Yeah, pretty cool. Just absolutely amazing. We're uh, coming up on uh, war movies with me and Musser. We're getting ready for that, nice. watching all kinds of things, and maybe maybe we'll cut that here in a couple of weeks. Excellent. But uh, that'll be good. I've had to watch a bunch of movies for that. So. You seen Zulu? No. It's good. It's a war movie. Yeah. Zulu? Okay. It's Michael Caine's first role, I think. And introducing Michael Caine. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. It was uh, shot on location in 70s 
southern was it about Af- the, somewhere in southern was Africa. Was it the Brits that? It's about 140 Brits. Versus the Zulu nation. 30 of whom yeah. were sick. Yeah. Versus 4,000 Zulus. Yeah. Shit. And it's, it's a real amazing film. It really is. And, uh, I mean, to be shot that long ago, it's just an amazing movie. It really is. But I've had to watch all kind of things for this thing. You know, I had to watch uh, Apocalypse Now again. And uh, I'm watching Das Boot right mm, now. Yeah. That is, <laughs> I hadn't seen that but once yeah, previously. And that goddamn thing is, that is amazing. I, I don't know how they shot that thing, but it's good i drank the dos boot once in vegas and i blacked out the big glass boot the fuck is, the fuck he, is talking he talking about the dos boot i don't know what that is at the the big glass boot full of beer this is a movie we're talking about, <laughs> we're talking about a movie what the hell man <laughs> the hell are you talking about that's the way i want you to edit that out all right no that's staying in because everybody's gonna well, know you're exactly. gonna look like a dumbass people is are gonna all know exactly it. what i'm talking about the das boot okay no have you ever been to a german beer hall and seen the glass boot full of beer no oh my god <laughs> well all right anyway you do what you want <laughs> if you want to look like a fool you keep that in all right in fact, I'd be looking forward to that. <laughs> well, anyway, thank you for being here. Thank you guys for calling in. As usual, we had a good time talking to you. We'll do that again probably next month. Yep. So uh, until then, just drool with anticipation for the next Starting Strength Radio.